Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Gospel Nate, the show where we look into the Word of God to see how He wants us to live our lives. Last week we talked about endurance, patience, and long-suffering. We saw how suffering was promised and came from two places. The first was from the world, who doesn't like us because of Jesus, and the second was from within us because of our choices. The patience is not promised because we have free will to do whatever we want with no real restrictions. No one is stopping us from sinning. No one can stop us from responding correctly to suffering. And conversely, no one can stop us from responding incorrectly to suffering. So patience is, will always be a choice. Long-suffering is also a choice. It is staying under the pressure until the work is accomplished or God tells you to move on. Sometimes, this is for the sake of a brother or sister in Christ. Sometimes, it is for the sake of someone who is going to come to know Christ. But most of the time, it is about you and your maturity. It is about you growing in your relationship with Jesus and developing maturity. And finally, we saw, based on Job, that God was merciful and full of love. If we stay under the pressure and respond correctly, we will reap blessings. The biggest blessing Job gained was not the stuff at the end of the book, not all the material possessions and the increased family. It was a deeper relationship with God and the understanding that God can and would provide for him no matter what. Now, with that said, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word and for your message. Lord, we thank you for being merciful and being able to supply us with all that we need, even when we can't see what we need and we can't see how what we need is going to come about. Lord, you are there for us and you provide because that's one of the things you promised to us and you cannot lie. So Lord, we just give you the praise for this and we speak a blessing over the message. Father, we ask that you would give weight to the words that need to be heard. And Lord, whatever does not need to be remembered would be cast aside. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we will be picking up with James 5, verse 12. Now, based on what I have so far, I'm not entirely sure how far we could go with this. This one right here is going to be sort of a preliminary message. It's going to be laying the groundwork for what's to come. Because the subject we're going to be touching on really could be a series, and I'm probably going to work on and develop that as time goes on, but I won't be teaching on it probably until James is complete. So we do have a little bit of a ways to go. And also on March 1st, that's uh, Sunday, I will, I'll be standing in for Lee Eddy again. So there won't be a message posted Saturday, but rather it'll be the follow very next Sunday following on March 1st. And we'll be looking at our death and our resurrection in Christ. We'll be looking at how it functions in regards to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And so, as I said, that episode will be kind of stepping into the middle of everything and showing up on Sunday instead of a Saturday. So with that said, let's dive in. James 5, verse 12. But above all, my brethren, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth, or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes, and your no be no, lest you fall into judgment. Do not swear. Swear is the Greek word omnuo. 
It means to affirm, promise, threaten, or to call a person or thing to witness. This is not the same thing as using foul language, though you shouldn't do that either, as you see in Colossians 3 verse 8. But now you yourselves put off all of these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, out of your mouth. Go look up the Greek on foul language or filthy communication. It's a fun study, trust me. Just go do it when you have a chance. Now, why would this be such a big deal? Why would we fall into judgment over making promises or making oaths? How can such a simple thing as making a promise or oath be such a big deal? Well, let's find out. If we look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13 through 18, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no, great, no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise, for men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. Verse 16 says that men swear by something greater than themselves. You need something greater and more important than yourself to swear on. You need something that both you and the other party recognize as being greater. Hence, men will swear by things they consider important. See if any of these statements sound familiar to you. I swear on my mother's grave. I swear to God you are driving me crazy. I swear if you do that one more time, you are going to regret it. Place your right hand on the Bible and repeat after me. And today they will be swearing in the new president of the United States. In most of these cases, either something that meant a great deal to the individual in question, or something that is universally understood to have great importance, is used in the swearing. But God had no one and nothing that was greater than himself to swear by, so he swore by himself to bring salvation to us. Now the question must be asked, what do you have the authority to swear by? Matthew 5, verses 33 through 37. Again you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black, but let your yes be yes, and your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Heaven belongs to God. You have no authority over it. Earth belongs to God. You have no authority over it. Jerusalem be belongs to God. Man does not have authority over it. You also do not have the authority to change the color of your hair. For the obstinate in the room, we are not talking about using a box of hair color. We're talking about the actual melanin or pigment in the hair itself. And before anyone gets hyped up about the earth, go read Genesis 1, 26-28. We have dominion over the animals on the earth, but not the earth itself. You have provisional authority over the things that God has given you authority over. But that does not mean you have dominion over them. You do not own them. Dominion is a noun. 
It is sovereign or supreme authority, the power of governing and controlling, or power to direct, control, use, and dispose of at pleasure, right of possession and use without being accountable as the private dominion of individuals. At the end of the day, everything belongs to God. He gave us limited authority over the things that we need to have in order to do what we are called to do. But we do not have the absolute authority over everything. Ultimately, we answer to him. There are no exceptions to this. If authority is given to you by someone else, then you are answerable to that person for how you use it. For those who are married, that has some very serious implications, especially if you are the husband. Oh boy, there is going to be some answering, let me tell you. Ultimately, as I am fond of saying, God is not waiting to blast anyone, but there will be an account given for how you have used your authority over the limited dominion you have been given. Now we have used this language before. When we talk about tithing, we talk about what we have comes from God, that nothing we have does not come from God, how we are simply giving back to him what he has given to us, and that all he is asking for is a minimum of 10% or whatever he's specifically saying to you because it may be more than 10%. You will need to engage with him to find out what he expects from you. So by that same token, the authority that you have been given by God is still given to you by God. I mean, that's a genius statement. He didn't just say, here, you know, you have authority in and of yourself to go do things. Rather, he gave you authority out from himself to do things that he expects you to do. And you'll be answerable for how you use it. And kind of like tithing, you're still giving that authority right back to him in that in order to use your authority properly, it has to be submitted to him. Now, having said all of this, I don't want you to think or believe that you are powerless because ultimately you do have some dominion and some authority, and that is over your choices. You have absolute control over them. No one can tell you otherwise. I did not say you will not answer for them. I just said you have absolute authority and dominion over them. You also happen to live in the domain of the King of Kings. He happens to care very much about what you do in his kingdom. So while you have complete dominion over your choices, you do not have the freedom from the consequences of those choices. Free will does come with a price tag after all. So Jesus told us not to swear by anything because it doesn't belong to us. Rather, we are commanded to let our yes be yes and our no be no, because dominion, power, and authority are tricky things. Let's look at the last part of the passage a little bit closer. Jesus said, back in Matthew 5, verse 37, But let your yes be yes, and your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. James echoed it by saying, in verse 12, But let your yes be yes, and your no be no, lest you fall into judgment. The passage in Matthew is a rough thing for me to really grasp when I'm looking at the Greek because it says something more along the lines of anything beyond or more than these things comes out of a bad or evil desire or nature. I'm not going to say that there is no influence of the evil one in air quotes, but I am also not going to give him credit for more than he deserves. I will say that when you use the dominion you have to usurp dominion from someone else, 
you are actively playing in the realm that Satan did. He sought to take the place of God. It ended badly because he did not have the authority or the dominion to do so. He fell under judgment and punishment as a result. James said, let your yes be yes and your no, no, lest you fall under judgment. Again, God is not waiting in heaven with a bolt of lightning to smite people. The scriptures are clear, however, that your actions are not going to go unaccounted for. It is also clear that the consequences are not something that comes from God in most cases. It's just the result of not doing things the way Jesus said to do it. He said, do things a certain way to keep you from death. This is all I've got about for this episode because the, the issue of dominion is a very, very deep and broadly encompassing issue. There's so much more to be said and so much more to be taught. And I just don't have the allotment of time here for people to be able to listen to in a convenient little 16 to 25 minute podcast as I've been keeping the format to that. So I'm going to be cutting this a little short here today, but we can see now that our dominion is really quite limited and very provisional based on whatever the Lord has given us. And we understand that overstepping that dominion can come with some serious consequences because you're playing in the realm of, well, the enemy. It's just like speaking a curse over someone, speaking ill of someone, lying about someone. All of these things are the realm of the enemy. And we don't want to be caught playing around with that stuff because, well, look what happened to him. Now, I'm not saying we're all going to turn into Satan. I'm just saying you don't want to be playing with bad things. You don't want to be in an area where you'll be putting yourself under judgment. So with that said, let's go ahead and pray. And I will see you all next week on Sunday. Father, we do thank you that you have given us the dominion that we need to do the things that you have given us to do. Lord, we ask that you would show each of us how that dominion functions and where it stops. Lord, that we do not overstep our bounds and overstep our authority. But Father, that each of us would have a conscious understanding and a good visual understanding of where we're going, what we're supposed to be doing, how we're supposed to be doing it, and Lord, how that is supposed to help others to walk out in freedom under you. So Lord, for the words of this message, we just ask that those words that people needed to hear and needed to get would be concretely burned into their minds. And Lord, whatever was unnecessary would be burned up like chaff and pass away from remembrance. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You are blessed. Go out there, talk to the Lord, find out about your dominion, find out about your authority. Don't overstep your bounds. Be blessed. <laughs>